Hello, critics, non-critics, and friends. Welcome to the Film Optics Podcast, brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network, where we discuss film, TV, and all things Hollywood. I'm your host, Christian, and I'm joined by a few friends of the show. We have Amy Smith from Incession Film and Films with Amy, and we have Amanda from Candid Cinema joining us, and Matt Wyatt will be joining us later on to continue the cele- uh, celebration 20 years of magic with our Harry Potter movie series review. And this review, we're going to be covering the Goblets of Fire. And before we begin today's podcast, you can listen to our show on platforms around the internet. And if you're a new or seasoned listener to the show, we would love to hear from you guys. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Film Optics. That is Optics with the next Amanda. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm really excited to uh, have this discussion with you guys. And uh, thanks for having me again. No problem. So is, is Gobble of Fire your favorite Harry Potter? It's one of my favorites. Mm. Yeah, I have like a 1A, 1B type of situation. Um, I I know that like not many people. Can I say my my actual favorite? Or was it even that no, earlier? No, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> 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 my actual favorite is uh, The Half-Blood Prince. Nice. I think it's really underrated. I loved, love, love the book. Um, and I just, I think that they were hilarious. I thought it was a really fun movie. There were some great character moments and, you know, with Ron and Hermione, like OTP with all that stuff. So it was, uh, it was, it was good. It was really strong and I love, I love Snape. So it was, uh, that's definitely my favorite, but Goblet was just my favorite, like my second favorite because the haircuts fam like just the moppy, the moppy hair, i think haircut. that was it was just such like you had prisoner of like you had prisoner of Azkaban and they were like short clean cut all of that and then it's like what what happened like what happened? like onto the jobro phase I, was like, I think that's what it was it was like the wispy hair they kept flipping it whatever you guys can't see obviously but i was flipping my hair uh but uh i think that was that was great and they're just getting older and you could see that they're you know coming into their own identities and i think that was really awesome and it this was like a turning point in hmm. the series too with harry okay well glad to have you on here today yeah. amy how are you doing today? I know it's I know it's late for you, and I do apologize. It's very <laughs> late, been. but uh, been a very good day. I've ended up watching two Harry Potter films, which is always a good thing to have. Um, I got to see Philosopher's Stone again, but in the cinema in 4DX, so of all the moving chairs and all nice. the spectacle, which was a lot of fun. And yeah, I went down and sat and watched Goblet of Fire straight after Richards. I've never done before. I've never skipped films in between <laughs> Harry Potter, so that was certainly an experience. <laughs> honestly neither I, it feels like i'm cheating myself I'm like i i even like reading the books it's like even though i have my favorite books it's like i i have to start from the beginning like mm-hmm. every single time it's yeah. it's same thing with like lord of the rings hunger games like i can't just jump in the middle of stories like this doesn't feel right you know well m- with marvel movies it's a little bit different there's so many of them it's like okay let, let's be a little <laughs> sensible here but yeah it, i'm glad to hear you know you're doing great and um it was amazing seeing uh, uh source or excuse me philosopher's stone in 40x that sounds amazing i did see i think it was prisoner of azkaban and goblet of fire the nashville uh, symphony um when they were playing with the live music it was pretty freaking awesome like Oh, they haven't done it since COVID, but I'm hoping they do. Uh, they they bring it back, so that'll be a lot of fun. But uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Matt will be joining us later. Might have to splice this episode up a little bit, but that's okay. 
Um, I have nothing else better to do on a Friday night besides, you know, remedy my my uh, my uh, throat. So I do apologize if I sound like I'm going through puberty again. I promise you, I'm not. I just seasonal allergies really really suck. So this on our Soho review as well. But before we begin into our uh, Goblet of Fire review, I have a few questions for Amanda. Oof. So Amanda. Yeah. First and foremost, what was your introduction to Harry Potter? I ask everyone this during our movie series review. So I feel like I'm a, away. a fake Stan sometimes. <laughs> no, legit. I really do. And it makes me I mean, I didn't so want to be sad. the one to say it, so I'm kidding. Wow. <laughs> I was very late. Like very late. I watched the first uh the first Harry Potter um when it was on DVD. Like I got it for for Christmas one year. I didn't have any of the books and I, I got the, I got Philosopher's Stone on DVD and I had watched it like this one random night because I was absolutely terrified of those things growing up as a kid. So my, my parents would not let me watch like Narnia and, and Harry Potter. Those are the two that I did not watch because they were like, you're, you're scared of everything. Like you can't watch these. And then I'm like, no, I'm brave. I can watch Harry Potter. So I, I put it on. And I think that was when uh, Order of the Phoenix was coming out in theaters, just to wow. give you a time, yeah, okay. just to okay. give you a kind of time frame of how like much of a baby I am. Um, that's what ended up happening. So I watched the first one, and then like obsession, straight up obsession. I I told my parents, I'm like, I need every single DVD that's out right now. I need all of the books to catch up. So that's that was my first introduction i was like thank you to whoever got me that christmas gift i have no idea who bought me that dvd um but yeah that was my first introduction to it so i kind of did everything backwards unfortunately but what a time like just to catch up and and be a part of that world and dive into it and and have that space to like explore magic in the way that they presented it so it was just truly something special yeah, that that that's a great story. Like honestly, and it doesn't really matter when you got into it because it's like there's there's so many book adaptations. I mean, like Game of Thrones, like I mean, there was a lot of people who read the books, but I never really honestly heard about the books until the show came out and the show mm -hmm. is what prompted me to go back and read the books. So like I feel like it's a beautiful thing whether it's, you know, you were there from the beginning or, you know, catching up with it. It's like it's it's always a part of our lives and it's really is like one of those special like properties where, you know, it was, it was something new that came out. It wasn't just like, Oh, you know, we're going to take this like because of when Dixie book or the outsiders or the giver, and we're going to make a movie out of it. Mm. These books have been around forever. Like we actually got to witness, you know, like, a you know, a, a writer, like, you know, on her, her rise to, to fame when it came to these, these books, because it was just something completely new same thing with twilight of course i remember that whole oh god lord that disc <laughs> I, I i went i went to the midnight release for breaking dawn at the bookstore so i get it <laughs> i remember watching the first one i was like why is it raining so much my friend's like they're in seattle i'm like well seattle seems like a sucky place to live <laughs> like 100 but like i never read the twilight books but i did watch the movies i was like why, yeah. why why is this better than Harry Potter? <laughs> People was, say that. I was biased. That's I was biased. I mean, it was during, you know, when I was younger and the whole Harry Potter versus Twilight, which is better. You know, yeah, all the Twilight stands going through school. But Fun. Amanda. <laughs> yeah. What is your Hogwarts house? 
I am a proud Gryffindor. Uh, as it, wow. Sorry, as that was it, not the right answer. We were looking for Gryffindor. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I actually took the Pottermore quiz when it first dropped and I got Slytherin. So I was like, I don't know why my I, my answers changed. I have no idea what had happened, but then I took it again because I, I got locked out of that account. And um, I, don't, times. I don't, I guess, I don't know what happened. So I took it again a couple, like I think two years later and I ended up with Gryffindor. And then every quiz that I've been taking is that I'm Gryffindor, but I've always identified with that house for some reason, uh, more so than the other ones. Yeah, I believe Brendan Cassie from In Session Films said there is a, Hogwarts uh, quiz, uh, it sorts you in the house depending on the type of sandwich that you eat or like based on your, Ooh. yeah. I was like, that's very, very interesting. So, I mean, I already knew you were a Gryffindor, but just for all the listeners out there. Yeah. <laughs> no which, which is always nice to know. It's it's just always fun because we, we've had one Ravenclaw for um, Nicole Ackman and then I believe Ryan McQuaid and Brendan Cassidy we're both Hufflepuffs. Well, Ryan was going back and forth because he was saying a lot of Hufflepuffy things and he was going over to Ravenclaw. Like, you're, you're, <laughs> you're going too much. But for those listening out there, of course, I'm a proud Slytherin. Always will, always be, 100%, because it is the best house. Um, <laughs> okay. Regardless of our, um, you know, our, our uh, the stigma towards our house. There's a lot of uh, good-hearted uh, folks over in Slytherin. So stigma. <laughs> I will pass it over to Amy. You know, like I said, Amy, if you wanted to just give an abridged version, I know you did for Sorcerer's Stone. For the for those who might be listening for the first time, if you want to just give like an abridged version of how you got into Harry Potter and what your Hogwarts, Hogwarts house is. Yeah. So for those who didn't listen to the Sorcerer's Stone podcast, um, I kind of grew up just loving Harry Potter my mom was a big fan and I would have been pretty much one or two when the books came out and I would have been three when the movie came out so I just grew up watching it I only got to see part two in cinemas but I've been able to catch up with Philosopher's Stone two times in cinema now and yeah just grew up just loving the series I always say like you either grew up watching Star Wars Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter in our sort of generation and I was certainly Harry Potter um in terms true. of houses I'm Ravenclaw for and through I've been Ravenclaw in all the quizzes and for me Luna Lovegood is my favorite character we still won't get introduced That's to her right, she next did. and I do apologize yeah, I meant to say two years earlier <laughs> I was like oh my it's been so long since I had her on I was like oh my gosh she did say, she did say Ravenclaw so I do apologize yeah, but I'm Ravenclaw for and through <laughs> Okay, yeah. Luna is definitely one. And of course, uh, there's a lot of talk out there that Remus Lupin should have been a Ravenclaw as well. Mm. It's a lot of... Uh, and honestly, I I honestly think Harry should have been in Slytherin. Like, I'm sorry, but I do. He would have done fantastic things. Anyways, at, no, don't worry. As the <laughs> said. I mean, he's still going to say the words. He could have been like the one good Slytherin. He could, I'm sure there's there's some good apples in the Slyth- I would have been Harry's friend if, if, if he was sorted in Slytherin. So I mean, do we want to is- talk about Cursed Child? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, Lord. I, you know, and I never, like, I never even bothered to read the book. Like, my friend told me everything that happened, and I, like, watched all these videos, and I was like, this sounds terrible. So I'm just not going to read it. Like, I made it 20 pages in and gave up. 
Real oh 20 my pages gosh. is all it takes for uh oh, this God. character to get sorted into the house and I'm like, no, no, I, I know where <laughs> this is going and I'm, this is fan fiction to me. This is non-canon. See, I bought it and I didn't open it because everyone after I bought it said that it was a disaster. So I was like, oh, thanks guys. Great. Couldn't have warned me before I bought this. That's great. It's like one of those books you buy because the cover looks cool, yep. but you have no idea what lies inside. <laughs> well, since Harry Potter on, so it must be good. I mean, that's how I feel about the uh, Fantastic Beasts. I'm just not vibing with it mm. at all. I didn't even and see the second film in the series. It's so no. It's bad. so bad. No crimes were committed. Oh None. my god! The most boring, <laughs> like literally the most boring Harry Potter like movie that I've ever seen in my life. Like it was. The bad. only cool thing is that we actually got to see Nicholas Hamel, and like that's yeah, it. that was it. <laughs> that was literally yeah. it. Was Jude Law was also more yeah. prominent in that one, yeah. which is a blessing. But we didn't have like well, Colin like Minerva McGonagall was like in her twenties or something. This doesn't add up <laughs> at all. We, we need to do the math and make it right or else like, Dumbledore has a secret brother. I'm like, what is going on here? Like, yeah. what is JK doing? Like, I love her books. I think she's a fantastic writer. I don't think she's a great uh, screenwriter, like whatsoever. The right. two do not correlate Mm-mm. whatsoever. Like, no. not at all. Two totally different pacings. Mm-hmm. But anyway, are you guys ready to get into our Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire review? Woo! All right. So we're going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be right back with our Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire review right after this short break. I reckon you have to be barking mad to put your own name in the Goblet of Fire. Caught on, have you? Took you long enough? I wasn't the only one who thought you'd done it. Everyone was saying it behind your back. Brilliant. That makes me feel loads better. At least I warned you about the dragons. Hagrid warned me about the dragons. No, 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 I did. No, don't you remember? I told Hermione to tell you that Seamus told me that Bavardi told Dean that Hagrid was looking for you. Seamus never actually told me anything, so it was, it was really me all along. I thought we'd be all right, you know, after you figured that out. Who, who could possibly figure that out? That's completely mental. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? I suppose I was a bit distraught. All right, and we are back with our Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire review. Uh, if you haven't seen it already, I don't know what you're doing with your life. The entire series is streaming on, streaming on HBO Max, but this was directed by uh, Mike Newell and, of course, J.K. Rowling um, from the novels. And Steve Close coming back again for writing. And, of course, stars Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grint, Emma Watson, uh, just to name a few. We have a few new n- names in there as well so man oh man i guess i don't know where to begin but let's just kind of uh you know get into it uh did you guys do a rewatch for this um at all mm-hmm. so i guess we'll start with uh amy you know give her initial thoughts about her rewatch because it always changes when you rewatch it like year to year and it's so difficult nowadays since we're all critics not to view these movies with a critical eye because we love them so much and it is one of those it, – it is my favorite franchise, so I kind of just accept it for all of its flaws. But I guess we'll start with Amy and then go over to Amanda, and then um, I'll kind of uh, uh, end it. Or, yeah. Anyway, so go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I did rewatch it, and 
what I kind of noticed on this re- rewatch is kind of, it feels more of a time capsule than any other film in the series and how, I want to say how emo it is with the haircut, the band that plays at the ball is very emo, but also there's a lot of teen angst in this film, especially rivalry between Harry and Ron and Ron and Hermione. I'm like, wow, this really does feel 2005, Panic at the Disco Fallout Boy. And I know it probably shouldn't, but it does. And that's my first thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, she, she's got a good point. It, it is very, like, I, you know, going back and rewatching Prisoner of Azkaban into this, it's, I mean, obviously, it takes, like, a very dark turn. Honestly, I think it takes a pretty dark turn, even from Chamber of Secrets, because, you know, they're dealing with a lot of prejudice in that movie. But, I mean, you, you think it can't get worse than Harry Potter and Prisoner of Azkaban. But then it kind of just does. And it's like, wow, like Goblet of Fire, like it feels like what Amy was saying. It does feel like a time capsule. It feels to me, it feels more Harry Potter than most just because of all the magic. And I mean, I like Azkaban so much because it doesn't really feature Dumbledore. I mean, not Dumbledore, excuse me, Voldemort. But honestly, Goblet of Fire should be called the Harry Potter when shit hits fan because it really, really does. But yeah, I, I can never get over the uh, the moppy haircuts that um that happened. I, I just I just I literally can't. I, I don't I don't understand it. But uh, we'll go over to Amanda to give her uh, her first or initial reactions on her rewatch. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I'm just always fascinated by the world building and how expansive it is. So w- with this one, especially you have so many like people coming into this because of the Triwizard Tournament. So I think that is something that I'm always in awe of. So they're telling this like massive story in Goblet of Fire, but then it's like, it makes such an impact on Harry's life. And we get that turning point in this entire series. And it does take a dark turn. Like this is literally, as you said, when shit hits the fan, like it's so dark. And like, it's like, I felt like with Prisoner of Azkaban, it was creepy. Like the the camera work obviously is amazing and it's suspenseful and it's really strong. But with this one, it's just because we actually see him, we see he who must not be named after like whispers, like it's, it hits and it hits every single time because it's just so powerful because we actually see him. And then like Daniel Radcliffe is really talented as well because his connection with Ray Fine, like it is just a wicked moment. But yeah, there's like all this world building, it's expansive. And then it tells a very intimate story connecting these two people. So it's it's awesome for that reason. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, and especially with the Triwizard Tournament, aka yeah. the Hunger Games of uh, <laughs> of the uh, Wizarding World. Uh, yeah. It is very, very interesting. But I'll uh, hold that thought really quick. We're actually going to add Matt in to the call. So all right. Sorry about that little hiccup. We had to add Matt into the show. Matthew, how are you? I'm doing good. I just got out of the scene last night in Soho and and it's amazing. I have to agree with you right there, man. For sure. For sure. So to catch you up on speed, uh, you know, we just kind of went through our initial reactions of our rewatches of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Uh, Amy and uh, Amanda already went. So I'll pass it over to you and we'll just uh, take it from there. Yeah, Harry Potter and the Goblin Fire was so much darker than I thought it would be. I mean, now this is the first Harry Potter film that became a PG-13. And now we're getting into more of the maturity of the younger cast. And 
we see uh, the um, now we get now we just starting to see Harry going through the, the Quidditch World Cup. And then after the World Cup, then we start now Voldemort and his followers starting to wreck some things. And now as we get into the Hogwarts, we're starting to see the Triwizard Tournament, which now with, with now they are expanding the Wizarding World now that there's more more than one school in different region. And yeah, and it was intense. The, the Triwizard Tournament was so crazy. It, it, people can die in, in this tournament. And Harry did not ask to join. And someone put his name in the Goblin of Fire. And now he has no other choice but to compete. Yeah, and I've I've always wondered, and it's been a while since I've read the book because the book is lengthy as I don't know what, but it is so so good. So when it comes to Harry um, participating in the Triwizard Tournament, what is the well? I can't remember if there was a repercussion in the book of if him not being able to because in the film um, they just say you know oh the Triwizard uh, Cup it it has like this spell binding like magical contracts and it's like they have to compete. And it's like, okay, well, what if he just doesn't? <laughs> I guess he. What if he says, no, I have homework and I can do it? Like, no, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so weird. But I, on my rewatch, and it, like I said before, it really just feels, it feels so magical. I mean, kicking off the ground running, of course, you get Harry's vision of, you know, Voldemort, um, and in the shrieking shack and whatnot and all of that and it's like oh wow you know like this is really gonna take a turn for the worse and then it kind of just opens up um i really like how we kind of moved away from you know every single it's like oh you know harry's back with the dursleys and you know how is he gonna get out of you know going about the hogwarts with his uh with his friends this year and you know etc cetera, etc cetera. i really like how they kind of just cut to the chase harry's already with the weasleys he's with um Hermione and you know everyone else and it mm-hmm. kind of just it, it hits the ground running you know they go to this famous like Quidditch World Cup and there's always that one small moment where Harry's just like wow like I absolutely love magic and even though he is 14 at this point yes he should be used to it which he is but I mean being 11 years old figuring out you're a wizard you do have a lot to catch up on yeah. because you know, he does spend his summer with the Dursleys. He's not around Magic 24-7 like uh, Ron is. I can't really even say for Hermione, but, you know, she she finds a way for sure. But I really oh. just like how they, you know, just hit the ground running. There wasn't a lot of, like, how is Harry going to escape from the Dursleys? And it just goes straight into it. You know, Harry's... Yeah, as they, as they explore it in the books, they actually show you the Weasleys picking them up from the Dursleys. Mm. They didn't show that in the movie. They just cut to the chase. And they do show the the um the Quidditch World Cup in the book, and yeah. they show yeah they show you the whole game. But in the movie version, they just like just cut right out and cut to the chase to with uh, Voldemort's and Death Eaters uh, just burning the whole camp. Yeah, what I really enjoy about the the movies, especially when it comes to some scenes, you know, when I do remember in the Goblet of Fire when they're like kind of explaining, you know, setting up the area of the uh, Quidditch World Cup, and obviously like with film. You can kind of show that within like 30 seconds span and whatnot. But Mm -hmm. I actually wanted to ask you guys a question because I've always wondered this. You know, we get a lot of part one, part twos of like books because I know that they were talking about splitting Goblet of Fire into two parts for the movie. Mm -hmm. Do you think the product that we got serves justice to the source material or do you think it should have been 
split into two parts. Uh, I guess we'll start with Amanda, then we'll go with Amy, and then we'll go to Matt. Um, Goblet of Fire was a book that I I haven't read yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna be straight because I I did uh, Half Blood Prince and then Deathly. I'm I'm old man. I'm like I just I went backwards. Hey, I told you I went backwards. I'm a fake stand. I'm sorry. I'm a fake stand. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> but I think that without reading the book, I think they adapted it quite nicely. Um, in the one film, I think it would have been really weird to have um. Goblet of Fire split in two and then like maybe if they were to do the exact same thing with Order of Phoenix because in Order of the Phoenix is like a massive book like it's bigger I think yes. it's longer than Goblet of Fire right I believe I'm gonna have to check it's on my my bookshelf because I, I know remember. it's thicker I have it on my shelf <laughs> too yeah. but like it's thicker so I think that if you would have had to start splitting things then it would have had to be like more movies and then it just would have spiraled out of control so I think mm. that adapting it the way they did, it was so like straightforward. I got all the information that I needed to move to the next film and it was really engaging. I thought the pacing was great too in Goblet of Fire. So I would have preferred just to keep it like this. I couldn't see it split in two. Okay. Amy, what do you think? I'm the exact same. I have read all the books, but it's been years since I've done it. But mm-hmm. I think what we find a nice balance of is not alienating maybe fans who haven't read a book so presenting everything that they kind of need to know but simplifying it in a way that does fit in a two and a half hour film and yeah I like the fact that we just get straight to the chase here we just go straight from the world match and then we're back thrown in Hogwarts we don't need to know about their lessons this year we don't need introductions to all the professors again we just mm-hmm. sort of get enraptured in the big world that we get to explore with Bobaton and Durmstrang and kind of get to explore that side of things so plus if you're going to do two films per four five six and seven then you've got to worry yeah. about the aging of the cast and they could be what 24 uh, 25 when the final yeah, film goes true. out unless yeah. you're going to film them back to back and then right. audiences are probably going to get bored if they have to watch 11 12 films you can see with marvel now people aren't watching every <laughs> film in the mcu anymore that's true so i think it's, it's good that they kept it to one film and then split the final book in two because with the final book you can't cut anything essentially from right yeah it's yeah it's it is the you know conclusion to this (laughs) grand adventure that that's actually a really good point i actually never thought of it that way i've always wondered because i know that they were planning on splitting it into two and then they decided just to do one and then you know for deathly hollows i think yeah for the conclusion you definitely you have to cover like everything well, yeah, I'll go to Matt for so he can give uh, his thoughts on it. And then uh, we'll kind of just open it up. If there's anything you guys want to talk about, you know, feel free. Yeah, I kind of echo what uh, Amy and Amanda said, because there's so much that you had to cover. I mean, unless you wanted to make this movie like a three hour long film and then maybe you might add a little bit more. Like, for instance, I kind of wish we would have seen the Quidditch World Cup. I thought it would have been more epic to watch because it just shows you that there, it's a bigger place. There's more than one region for the Quidditch team and it, and it would have been epic to, to watch. And I would have I know that we were trying to get away from the Dursleys because they're a horrible family to Harry, but it would have been a, a great scene with the Weasleys picking up harry because there's more to it than that in that scene when you read the book and i haven't finished through the goblin of fire i only got through like the first half of it okay the 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 book yeah the book the goblin of fire okay okay yeah yeah i i definitely agree with you there it is um the the movie itself i do feel like they did a great job like because i mean you have to worry about pacing and 
things of that yeah, nature. Yeah, that's true. Like there is a few things, you know. Of course, we we get <laughs> we get the famous, you know, Harry. Did you put your name into the Goblet of Fire? You know, this Dumbledore just bum rushing. God's here delivery. But yeah, they made they made Dumbledore a little bit more intense and more aggressive in the movie. Yeah, but yeah. in the book, he was a lot more calm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when he I asked Harry, it. "Did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire?" Like, Harry, honorary Oscar to Michael Gumbel. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because in the book, it's like Harry just put your name in the Goblet of Fire. They thought it would be. They thought it would be more. They wanted to be more intense. They wanted to put you on the edge of your oh, seat. Sure. But that I mean, shows that like he's caring about him at the same time because if you if he just true. whispered it, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? <laughs> like, it, it just it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be believable you want it because he's showing you that he really gives a damn about harry and because he knows that the moment he puts his name and he he has no ch- other choice but yeah. to compete yeah yeah it's uh, i kind of i kind of wish it would have been the other way because in chamber <laughs> of secrets when you know harry finds out he's apostle tongue and dumbledore is like is there anything you wish to ta- tell me and he's like no and then dumbledore does this like half moon look he's like Okay. <laughs> he literally like, looks okay. at him. He's like, hmm. All right. All right. All right. Like, Harry. You were you were fine with letting him bend the rules in the first three, <laughs> but you can't make an exception. Nah, nah. <laughs> Find a loophole. Al- Albus is shady, man. He's shady. Then he disappeared for a while, not giving <laughs> shit about Harry. Yeah. So I was like, okay. <laughs> he's like, well, you know, he kind of has to do it on his own. But you know, the, yeah, the 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 entire. But, but, sorry, go ahead. But he did get a little bit more help, especially with Manai uh, Mooney, especially mm-hmm. because, well, even though it's not really him, it's the um, Bertie Crouch Jr., the one who's been pulling all the strange because he had to make sure that he wins every uh, match of the tournament so he can fall into the trap and bring back Voldemort. That's been his plan. Yeah. So I really like how this year it was just more. It wasn't like mustache twirly. Uh, I think Brendan Cassidy was saying on Chamber of Secrets, where it's like, oh, you like it's it, that like Chamber of Secrets probably has like the most like individual plot out of all of them. But with this one, it's just more. I mean, there's always a twist when it comes to Harry Potter movies, of course. But even though like every single time I rewatch it, it's like I know that that's not actually like Alistair Mooney and it's Barty Crouch Jr. But for a time it's like wow you know like he really does give like a really good performance and it's yeah. it kind of flees away from you even though i've seen these movies a thousand and you got times. the actor who was in doctor who to David play Tennant. birdie crouch jr yeah yeah so yeah. that's when i was introduced like to him and i just holy lord he's phenomenal mm-hmm. and then when i saw him in kilgrave um in kilgrave as kilgrave in jessica <laughs> jones like it was next level so i'm happy that we have them in the hp universe because he was sick was so i, I, I kind of wish they would have brought him back a little bit more further in the movies because we only seen him in one film yeah i'm not sure if you've all watched uh in the uk it's called Broadchurch. i can't remember what it was renamed right. to in the u.s he's phenomenal right. in that as well i gotta check that out Mm-hmm. Mm, okay yeah i gotta check it out too i've i've literally my backlog has been forever growing for everything it's like, i gotta watch this and i gotta watch this and i gotta watch that like it's all television sh- like shows too which is like 
how am I going to finish these seasons mm-hmm. on top of watching movies and reading books <laughs> and playing video games? And it's like, it's, you have to, you have to multitask. It's a part of the task. I mean, if you watch this one comedy skit on the YouTube where a guy who's so obligated to watch every popular show and he just gets so frustrated with his wife, it's like, I don't have the time. No one does. <laughs> if you watch that video, it's hilarious. Like, oh, FX shit. Now I got to get on with that. Yeah. And honestly, that's how I felt with, like, you know, starting this, this kind of, adventure for this harry potter thing i was like am i gonna have time for this probably not but i'm gonna make time for this like 100 percent. yeah but um i guess i wanted to kind of talk about when when like when it comes to voldemort you know it's i i really like how you know with, within the books you know they, they kind of explain what he looks like within the movie I, I think they did a pretty good job i i blanking on the actor's name who plays i think it's uh ralph uh finnis uh, if i'm mispronouncing his name right 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 yeah. yeah ray fines got it that's right his name. yeah but he was a, he was a perfect casting for voldemort it was perfect yeah it really was it's it's so like weird because you know you finally see voldemort it's like oh crap harry is in this graveyard alone like 100 yeah. percent. he was in the he was in the cemetery where his family was buried yeah was so and good. And, and just when he thought it was a dream but it really wasn't it was really like a vision through the present day because mm. he's connected to voldemort yeah and I, I every time i'm like oh crap like voldemort's gonna kill like this is <laughs> literally the end of the series and he's like i can touch you and he like you know touches the scar and it's like yeah because yeah. since now since now he had um Wormtail did the fucking oh ritual and he took his blood so that means he can touch make physical contact against harry because now he has no longer with the protection spell but like his laugh. <laughs> it oh, gets man. me every single time. He's like, ah, oh. ah. It's like, okay. <laughs> but what's also funny is that, like, because of the like the makeup that's so packed on, no one even rem- like, no one makes the connection that it is Ray Fiennes. I don't know if that if that's just me or something. But like, if he's so talented in other films that he's done, but like for me, it's like I don't make that connection that he's Voldemort, and like that's just brilliance on his end plus the makeup department because like i just i still don't make that connection yeah i i had no idea who he was when i watched the film because i was not familiar with his work because i didn't watch uh, his early days of his uh, movies like um schindler's list i I didn't watch it until later i was like wow he is a terrific actor yeah that's actually how i felt with gary oldman as um Mm -hmm. as series black it's like i know it's it's, it always slips in my mind that like that's Gary Oldman. And I'm like, no. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's him. But it's just the makeup and everything. Like, it does look like him, but it's kind of like he can easily be mistaken for somebody else. You know? Yeah, he would be totally unrecognizable. Yeah. But uh, I wanted to kind of open up. Was there any points within the book, within your rewatch, you guys kind of wanted to discuss? Or any parts you just enjoyed about the um, about the movie or even just you know adaptation between book to scene what they've done better within the film versus the book so i guess we'll start with um well yeah we'll we'll start with matt sorry and then we'll go to amy and then uh, amanda well we finally get an introduction for cedric dickery which is played by robert panson before he did twilight before he was cast in the matt reese's batman movie i mean he he was not very a well-known name at the time i mean he has a good prominent role but i kind of wish they would have written him a little bit more so that we can make the death more um impactful and emotional for for this uh, scene to happen and fun and i believe what i remembered that in the book 
what Harry was Harry was introduced to Cedric Dickery. He told Harry like, hey, in the last Quidditch match that we played together last year, I was the one that got struck by lightning and got sent to the hospital. And t- apparently that was Cedric. Yeah, yeah, because they did face Hufflepuff during that um, during that match. Yeah, during the match. Yeah, it was like a glimpse, a super small glimpse of, you know, before it just kind of all went to crap. Yeah, in, in the, the third act finale with the return of Voldemort was intense and was very dark. And we got to see a little bit more answers to Harry's uh, past. And also we got it close to the combat fight between Voldemort and Harry, which it was epic to watch. Yeah, and, it, and I really like how, you know, Voldemort kind of, I guess you could say, sets the record straight with like what actually happened the night that, you know, he tried to kill Harry because it was some type of like love protection like old magic that you know he should have foreseen and everything so it's i really like how voldemort's like hey like this is what really went down and you know everyone thinks that harry's this all-powerful wizard you know this like baby who just like destroyed the dark lord and it's like well that doesn't really you know he's he's the boy that's not how it happened he had protection he had help throughout his life especially during hogwarts he always had help yeah but i mean he's I mean, Harry's not my favorite character, but how dare you? It's actually Ron Weasley. Me too. No one ever (laughs) says him. Sorry, I'm freaking out. No one ever says Ron. Oh my God. I love Ron, the character, but in in the fourth one, he kind of really annoyed me. I mean, I understand that he got a little bit jealous of Harry because he got to compete because he's the great Harry Potter who can build to do anything from his point of view. And that's why he got all pissy about it. Yeah, and it, well, it's more of like you know, Ron and Harry are like this, so it's they're like if, yeah, because they're like they're like brothers. Yeah, like Harry, they they tell each other everything, and I guess yeah. you know Ron felt betrayed. Like I get it. Like he only mopes for like half of the movie. Yeah, and until either. he won the first match, <laughs> well, we everyone's nice to him. It's like yeah, he's like well, and they kiss and make up. I love so much. <laughs> I love their friendship. More importantly, I think throughout. I, I love Hermione and Harry's friendship. Like it was mm-hmm. never like pressured. They were friends. They were very good friends. And that's all it ever was. And I, I just love that we had like a platonic love between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking yeah. of love, love, and we'll get to Amy here in a second. Um, the uh, Cho, she gets finally introduced. Well, technically she shows up in the books for Prisoner of Azkaban. Fun. But, <laughs> but I, fun I, times. <laughs> I mean, I guess fast forwarding for a second. When it comes to Harry and Jenny, like in the books, it makes a little bit more sense. But like for the movie, it's like she just was not in these movies enough, like whatsoever. Right. Even like you know, you see it throughout Goblet of Fire. You know, Fred and George are like taking bets and stuff. And she's like, "Why you gotta be so mean?" And then you know, they kind of just say whatever. You know, Jenny's only in it for. I think it was towards when Fred and George are taking bets and during the, the Yule Ball when she goes with Neville to the to the Yule Tide Ball. So yeah, it yeah. I kind of feel like Jenny was more of a side, like an extra throughout. I mean, after like um, the second film, she's been more of an extra. To be honest with you, she didn't really have that much of a development. Yeah, it's, especially in the films. I mean, like obviously throughout. I mean, I can't I can't shake the fact that Cho and Harry should have ended up together. But I'm going to pass it uh, over to uh, Amy. So if there's anything you wanted to kind of bring up, because Amy actually asked to be brought back on i was like yeah absolutely you know i'm assuming this is one of her favorites so it's like you know floor is all yours yeah this is my favorite of the books and the films um for me like 
there was like there has been like a build up of it getting darker and darker and darker and even like the Quidditch match, it's like, okay, everything's burning down, but the first oh shit moment to me, especially rewatching the films, was the three curses when we're introduced to that that scene, especially when we start to get a sense of Neville's backstory. And I think Neville's backstory throughout the books in particular maybe hints that he was meant to be the one and not Harry. I don't know if you've all heard this theory, whether Neville was the one, they were born the I same have. day, uh, both lost their parents. There's a lot of correlations between them. But up oh, to man. this point, Neville was like a joke character. He was the one that's like, why is all this happening to me? Why am I the one that's always falling and hanging off the ceiling? But seeing him watch Moody do this, well, not Moody, but Crouch do this curse in front of him, and you kind of get a sense of something happened in his background. And we get an introduction to these three curses, including Avada Kedavra, um, just haunting. And the fact that it's kind of this isolated, small, single scene rather than a whole big showcase. And it made an impact too, which like even you just saying it, like I kind of got like little goosebumps. I'm not trying to be extra. I'm like serious. <laughs> like describing it. I'm serious. because like yeah. This is all scripted. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. It's, yeah, totally. Like it's all written down as fun. But seriously, I, I got chills with you just like explaining it and then like I, you know, revisited it in my head because it was a very powerful scene for Neville. Yeah, because Neville and Harry, they both suffered a tragic in their lives. They both lost their parents. Yeah. And yet like Amy, uh, as yeah, I, I have read that theory. And because, I mean, as... Again, skipping ahead just for a second, when uh, Neville kills Nagini, mm-hmm. so it's and that that is the final. That's well, final Horcrux. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's that was epic. It it, it really does put in perspective because you know as it, Neville becomes more like yeah he's you know kind of a jokester, but you start to take him like a little bit more seriously, especially yeah. with as this, a you know, hero too. Sorry. Yeah, I mean even him helping you know Harry with Gillywig, obviously you know it was all. You know, for the master plan of Barty Cross Jr., who was um, responsible for Neville's parents' death. So, mm-hmm. and I think he used the Cruciatus curse on them until, you know, everything kind of happened. But it it is really crazy how we really see the world expanding, of course, with um, the two uh, schools coming. Because it's really nice to know that, hey, you know, it's not just in the UK. And of course, we know regrettably a little bit with uh the fantastic piece <laughs> movies that you know there are you know witches and wizards across the world it's not just you know um uk based with hogwarts and i really i think they did a great job with incorporating the other um schools and even hermione says it throughout you know the old ball when her and um her and ron are having a spat because it's clear that ron likes Hermione. He wouldn't have lashed out in front of her like that if he wasn't like in love with her and jealous. Yeah, he's like, well, I would have asked her myself if you know she wasn't already taken. It's like, <laughs> shut up, Ron. It was it was the start of my death because they were so cute and they would keep getting mad at each other. But like <laughs> I was just sitting there I'm like, I love them so much. Ron yeah. is adorable. Like, when I was younger I was I'm like, why didn't like Harry end up with Hermione? But now it's like, you know, reading through the books and like watching it on film, it's like mm. It, I mean, of, of course, with Rupert Grant just being, you know, I don't know how many times he said bloody hell in that entire film, but Take my favorite. That's, yeah. that's a tricky <laughs> game. When, when, when the uh, the French school went by, I think that was my favorite one. He was just like. 
I did I did dug the entrance of the Bulgarian because yeah. that the score of it it was just got your blood pumping. So Every good. time I hear the score, I was like, oh my god, here we go. Yeah, like we kind of got more of an introduction to them when it came to the uh, World Cup, and then yeah. them coming to the school. You know, with the the effects were actually it was pretty sweet. Like overall, it was great. Yeah, like I mean, Working. usually when it comes like these films, I feel like they've aged so well. I mean, even Dobby, like he doesn't look half bad like for no i mean it, it was in the early 2000s because the technology and the visual effects were way ahead of its time i love him man yeah. oh man it's <laughs> so funny i mean i think they should one day like create like a, a series or a movie as just focusing on sports of the quidditch cup i mean it, that would be epic i mean come on i would love to see it yeah they i should mean, have done that instead of fantastic piece honestly exactly Lord. That doesn't exist. That movie never doesn't exist. I'm going to pretend that didn't happen. I thought the first one was like okay, but like what? it just didn't have the, the same. That movie put me to sleep. The second one put me to sleep, dude. I was I was knocked out. I was like, <laughs> I was so excited. Like I bought the 4K because it was one of those things where it's like you know it's bad, but you're telling yourself it's not bad. It's everyone because else. you want to crazy. add that to your collection of the whole Wizarding I mean, World I have collection. To. Like, I, it's, it is my form. You're obligated. I, I am very obligated to that. I am so. the exact same way. <laughs> so it's like, I hate this movie, but I got it. I'll probably never watch it unless it like warrants for a rewatch for something. But um, yeah, it is crazy. But uh, Amanda, was there anything else you wanted to kind of talk about? Y'all covered or- it. I agree oh. with everything that was said. Again, I didn't read, you know, I didn't read Goblet of Fire, but you guys covered it. I agree. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I am. I, I did read the, you know, six, seven, which is not a big deal. But yeah. yeah. No, no. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's totally fine. Um, you know, and we can definitely, um, Oh, I was trying to think, was there anything else I had? I will to- say that Daniel Radcliffe's performance in this movie just really w- took it up he a notch, it. especially when he was like breaking down in, in front of everyone when he got Cedric Diggory's mm-hmm. dead body back and that he was, just broke yeah. down and cried. Like, yeah. wow, that he really brought it. He really I, did. Sorry, go so, ahead. No, something else that like we, well, I can mention is that even Fred and George in this movie were so good. Both of them, they were so fun. Mm. But then that moment with Cedric, I think that it just hit the realization that he's back and like everyone changed moving forward. It was like a different outlook entirely. But Fred and George, like their switch kind of that that's what like moving forward after Goblet of Fire. It was like completely different. I love Dumbledore's speech when when the, now they were mourning with the death of Cedric and he just just gave the whole speech and, and like, hey, we may be speaking different tongues, but we're all the same and we all should come together and and telling you like, hey, he was murdered by Voldemort. And I'm going to tell you straight up, even though the ministry doesn't want me to say it yeah. and they just want me to tell you what you want to hear. Yeah. And I really enjoy um, how. You know, throughout the film, obviously, we see Byron Crouch Jr. pose as Alistair Moody and drinking an abundance amount of apologies potion, like 100%. <laughs> I was like, wow, because obviously watching it for the first time, he was like, man, you know, that dude really likes to drink. And it's like, well, yeah, he, he does that weird, like, body shake yeah, thing. He's like, I don't know, but I don't think that's pumpkin juice. Yeah. <laughs> 
they, I, I really like how they, it kind of is, you know, it's it's the big reveal of, you know, Barty Crouch coming in. And- yeah, but now when you look back and rewatch it, now you start to see it a little differently that that's not l- l- like Medi Moody. That was definitely Barty Crouch Jr. the whole time. And, and, during, and during like the second two uh, games, most of the audience weren't even watching the game, especially when they're going underwater, when they were surrounded by mermaids and they had to rescue the students. And then in the final act, they go through the maze and the audience are just sitting there. They don't know what the hell is going on. They don't have like a camera or anything to monitor them or like a screen, like a football game. They don't. They're not. They have no idea what which, the hell is going to happen. Which is also really weird because why have an audience in the first place? Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, why have an audience? Like, 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 hey, they're just sitting and chilling. They're, they're just, just on their phones and just looking to, to what the hell is going on. They have no phones. They project it from their ones. And exactly. Then that's <laughs> if you were able to have a microphone with a wand, you can't tell me you can't have a, like a, a magic camera thing. or something to follow them around. I, really, I, I actually did like the, the microphone thing was really awesome. But even with like the chat challenges i think um probably my favorite it probably was um i, I think i think it was the first challenge with, with the dragons because you know harry finds out you know with haggard combing his hair you know getting all nice and like he's got a nice little date but yeah you got to give haggard a little bit more fun more love and more action in this movie <laughs> oh yeah but it's it's like harry's realization like their first challenge is dragons and he's like what <laughs> like what, what what do you mean and it's like it, of course he gets the hungarian horn tail which you know it's one nasty rifle yeah rifle beast but yeah it's crazy crazy stuff i i really just i mean the i mean there was a little bit more of the challenges and the maids were like the sphinx and whatnot but i i really do think they they covered it in a good pacing manner for it's like okay you know we're gonna have these three challenges and of course, you know, they have two from Hogwarts to kind of represent. Um, but I think the part that really killed me, not the graveyard, but when they're coming back from uh, using the Triwizard Cub as a port key, um, when Cedric's father, like, finally figures out what happens. Oh, yeah. And he's like, move out of the way. That's my son. That's my boy. And chills. literally yeah. chills. I cry. I literally cry. I'm not joking. I cry every time I watch it just because of how, how, um, you know, powerful that moment was for the, for his dad. Like I, I cry, I cried everything. Like it's not, it's not a big thing, yeah, but I right. cried everything. I mean, I, every single time I watched Critic, it was uh, Little Women. It's like here comes Me the waterworks. It's so good. But it, but anyway, you can still <laughs> die in the tournament regardless. So of course you, you should know that he's going to be put in danger. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Harry almost left Cedric, Cedric high and dry. Like the trophy was right there, but it's. <laughs> But but he had to be noble. He didn't want to leave him there to, he was about to die. Duh, Gryffindor, duh, Gryffindor. He was about to leave that if man. If he was a Slytherin, he would have left him there. Oh, I would have left. Like, That's true. Bye. No. <laughs> like, See, Christian's like, I have no time for this. I would leave him. <laughs> I See, that's why you're. That's why Christian is in Slytherin. He would definitely Terrible. leave Cedric to die. Terrible. I mean. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not that bad of a person. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I think about it there oh, for a God. second, though. It's like, yeah, I mean, that trophy is like right there. <laughs> I joke. I joke. Yeah, uh, I mean, dude, it's shiny. Yeah, it's, it's very shiny. shiny. And, and being in the maze, it re- it reminds you of the film The Shining, where the kid was go- was getting chased in the maze by his own dad. It was like it was basically a horror. Yeah, I mean, even with Crumb being uh, bewitched, which they kind of touch on that. As soon as it happens, because you're like, okay, you know, he runs into Harry, has his wand up, and his eyes are a little bit 
you know, cloudy. Yeah, but, dead eyes. Yeah, it's dead eyes. Yeah, and he wasn't going to kill him because he because they probably know because he's he needs to fall into the trap and take the the Triwizard Cup as a porky so that they can perform the ritual for Voldemort's return. Yeah, I mean, and poor Wontel. I mean, he had to beg to get that hand, and you know, you kind of figure out you find out that um oh my gosh um malfoy's father Dem- you know death yeah lucius yeah lucius uh crab goyle Sorry. all these death eaters and <laughs> yeah that, that took me by surprise when crab and goyle was part of the death eater I was like wait where the hell did that come from they're not that bright and they're part of the death <laughs> they'd be the ones oh, to man. like tell everyone the secrets i feel like yeah they probably go around telling everyone well, they kind of just do what malfoy says and you know he gets turned into a ferret so that's fun. That was the best. Was, oh my god, that was so good. That was hilarious. <laughs> I was like, of course he had it coming. He doesn't shut that's up. That's why McGonagall's like my favorite professor. She is. She she is She's so tried best. and true. Tried, tried and true. Yeah, because there's moments where she has to put up with this rules, and then once you get towards the end, it's like, okay, I'm done putting up with their BS. Yeah. yeah. For sure. So um, I know it is super late for Amy. She's looking a bit tired there. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to take too much of her time. So uh, we'll go through really quick. Uh, just kind of um, <clears throat> name like your favorite character from the book, and then give your final thoughts, and then we'll kind of just close out. So we'll start with Matt, then we'll go to Amy, and then Amanda from from Goblet of Fire. Favorite character, yeah. but the one that really yeah. stood out to you. I just I know I'm a little biased because I because I love the character Harry. I felt like I connect with him a lot more than most people. And overall, this really took it into a dark direction because the moment that the first 10 minutes when you see that the Death Eaters like just burning down the, the village, I mean, the camps, mm-hmm. it just sets the tone of the movie that this is not a family movie. It's definitely for more of a young adults, really. And in this really it felt like a little bit of an Empire Strikes Back where now the villain has won and it puts the heroes in the worst place. And that's how much I appreciate this movie. Okay. All right. Amy? Yeah, I'm going to second that. I think out of all the films, especially up to this point, this is kind of Harry's time to shine. And this is Mm -hmm. the film where he really has to mature and kind of face everything head to head and go, okay, this is sort of happening. Um, And even with his friendships, like you said, with Hermione and kind of a, the tabloid scene with Rita Skeeter, all of that That's sort of stuff right. that he has to deal with on top of everything else. Um, yeah, I feel like this is a film that he truly sort of matures in, and it's great to see that sort of growth, and then that finale, you're like, yeah, everything changes from this point on. Yeah, he's he's back, and, you know, <clears throat> Harry's eyes are not glistening with the ghosts of his past. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That's that so mad, dude. It was like <laughs> it was hilarious. Like, oh, it's the third. My eyes are it's not like seeing 12. the ghosts of my past. <laughs> it's like it's twelve year old boy Harry Potter, uh, fourteen. <laughs> it's like, yeah, whatever. Like she god, just that did not care. Was weird. That was, but it was, it was, it's it was perfect. It was perfect because it was one of the more lighthearted tones of the parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. Of course, when um, you know Hermione comes in and gives Harry a big hug, they take the picture, and she stands there, and then. Dumbledore is like, what are you doing here, Miss Granger? She's like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just gonna go. <laughs> you don't belong here. Get out. <laughs> Seriously, this is for champions and friends. <laughs> for the champions and friends. It's like how familiar that D- Dumbledore's come with Harry, Ron, and Hermione being a package. But it's like, right. yeah, it takes yeah. a last second to be like, wait, you're not supposed to be here. Get out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it does like a triple take with her too. I was I like, love it so much. it's not even Little. a double take. It's like a triple take. He's like, what? I love it. Okay, yeah. But uh, Amanda, I'll give your uh, 
closing thoughts and who was your favorite um uh character in Cowboy Fire? I echo what Matt and Amy said. This is Daniel Radcliffe's big moment apart from what happens in uh in part two. Um I think that this was a turning point, as we said, for Harry. But I will touch upon the fact that Mad Eye Moody um, is still one of my favorite characters. The one of the best defense against the dark arts teachers that they had come in. Obviously, we know it's Barty Crouch, but Brendan Gleeson had to play both, and I think that was really impressive as well. And we got to see that and see his chops that way. He's a great actor always, but I think that this really showcased his range and had that duality. So he's he's my favorite professor. Yeah. Air quotes <laughs> because of what we know. <laughs> but uh yeah, definitely Dan Rad for the win for this one. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with you guys. I mean, as much as, as much as I love Ron, of course, you know, yeah. and whatnot. Um <clears throat> it, it I think it this entire film was about, you know, Harry does need to kind of grow up. It's like, okay, you know, we've protected you for this long. Cause you know, within the beginning, he doesn't cast as many spells. You kind of see it in chamber of secrets but you really start to see it in prison of basketball learning about like you know his parents past his parents friends and then with this one it's like okay let's let's see what harry can really do because you know we, we everyone talks about you know he's such a great wizard and you know conjuring a patronus charm you know takes a lot of um i guess energy or just a lot of skill to uh, perform so mm. i really like how i mean it's like going up against uh the you know the uh hungarian horn tail it's like i would have been scared crapless you know he was able oh to God. summon his uh his broom and luckily i mean he literally got got away by like the skin of his teeth but sometimes it's like you know the books versus the movie the movie's like okay he does things for sure but it's like i i i feel like if if another wizard was in this situation i kind of wish we would have saw maybe just a little bit more of um, <clears throat> the other champions facing their dragons, especially Cedric. It would have been nice to see a little bit more of his skills for sure. Cause yeah, I mean, like I said before, I wish he would have had a little bit more development. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he had a little bit more to do, but I wish they just used him a little bit more to make the death more emotional for, for us as audience. Yeah. I mean, he was definitely there and it was like, Oh my God, he's the deer from twilight, you know, <laughs> like obviously, but, <laughs> but you know, um, <clears throat> You know he's he's uh, grown to be a, a a fantastic actor. So so have they all. Um, oh yeah. So it's you know I I believe Rupert Grint's still acting. I think he's in that Servant On TV Apple show. TV, yeah. I'm not sure yeah. what uh, Emma Watson's really. Well, obviously well, she was in Little Women, of course. She took her <laughs> little break now. So <clears throat> yeah, she was in the perks of being a wallflower, fa- uh, flower, and she was in this is the end, and then she yeah, she like was you, in this she was in the Little right. Bling Ring. She worked with Sofia Coppola. So that yeah, was, that was a fun one. I read that book before I watched it That's for fun. sure. And you know, <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe's doing uh, Guns of Kimbo. <laughs> He's making choices. But but have you seen uh, what if uh, the romantic the rom com movie? I haven't seen it. I it, it's got Adam Driver in it as well, and you got the, the and you got the the actress who was in the Big Sick it was starring co starring with Daniel Radcliffe. It was actually very underrated and hilarious. Okay, okay. There was another TV show that Rupert Grant was a part of. It was on Netflix for a little bit. Um, he like he was faking that he had cancer. Like he worked for this one company, fake that he had cancer because he just hated his job, and it turns into this whole other thing. I forgot the name. I, it's not dope sick. But sick it's, note. 
Signal. I just Googled it. Yeah, Signal. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Thanks, Google. That's why it will save your life. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I just wanted to thank you guys all for coming on. Um, Amy, thank you so much for coming on, even though it's like nearly, you know, midnight on your side. I do apologize we went so long. But uh, we'll go through the uh, podcast really quick, let everyone know where we can find you guys, what's coming up, uh, what kind of uh, written pieces you guys are doing, what's coming up on your channels. Uh, We'll start with Amanda, then we'll go to Amy and then we'll close out with that yeah well this was so much fun i love talking about harry potter you guys are awesome um you guys can always find me over at amx nda reviews on twitter instagram and letterboxd you can check out my youtube channel candid cinema and my, my website candidxcinema.com i have my last night in soho review my army of thieves review up and my eternals review is up there as well oh okay amy where can everyone find you on the internet yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Films with Amy. Um, primarily, I write on Film for Thought, which is my own website, um, and In Session Film, and a bunch of other places. Um, for In Session Film, I'll actually be doing a 20th anniversary piece on Philosopher's Stone, so you have that to look forward to. Nice, nice. All right, Matt, what about you? Yeah, thank you so much for having me back on again, Christian, even though I joined a little bit late in the game, but I'm but better late than never. So if you want to check me out, you can find me at Twitter just at MattWyatt651, and I have a um, a link tree in my bio where I have Snapchat, Instagram, and I have Letterboxd where I do my movie reviews. I did my recent review on the new movie Dune, and I will do a review for The Last Night in Soho. And you can check out my other reviews with the, the rest of the Harry Potter series and especially a lot of the horror films that I'm watching during the Halloween season. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, uh, Matt Matt has already finished his Harry Potter journey. It was like back to I'm back an to over, back. I'm an overachiever. It's totally fine. But definitely check out Matt's uh, reviews. He he writes novels on Letterboxd, but like they're, they're very in detail. I write like two word or two lines of something but um <laughs> and they're but, great those two words are gonna <laughs> like i think for dune i was like let the spice flow <laughs> but that would get it's, like a hundred likes I'm desert sure. power yeah desert power 500 <laughs> likes <laughs> yeah I, I gotta watch that in imax before it goes away i think there's only Same. like six or seven days yeah it's left. gonna be going away soon week, and i think i think i had the chance to see it in imax it i had a chance and it was great i i, yeah, I, I do want to see it in and uh, just just to see it because hey, i Christian, mean do you have time to do that though no <laughs> <laughs> no i might be able to because i'm going to halloween party tomorrow i might be Ooh. able to squeeze it in oh nice I'm, I'm going as a all right this is like a super lazy <laughs> so i bought this bad boy from dc fandom Oh, are you going to so be a like, DC there's your fan? Costume. You're going to be a um, Snyder fan. No. Yeah, you're going to wear a t-shirt that says restore the Snyderverse. I actually do have a Justice, uh, Zack Snyder Justice yeah, League hoodie. I, I rarely wear it. because I only bought it because it's so wear. damn comfy. Right? But I'm going to wear that and like a Batman hat. And I'm going to be a Batman fan. But then <laughs> Devin, That's your superhero costume. But Devin pointed out, he's like, aren't you supposed to dress up something that you're not <laughs> i was like do you yeah. have a different hat no <laughs> damn it <laughs> well i, I could well, help you out i i have a steel uh steelers have i, I don't you feel can like be a steelers fan 
I am a Steelers just, fan. I know. <laughs> or, just, or just repaint it. Just repaint it and just put the bat logo, the horns on that on the front <laughs> the of the little cow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the little cow. Maybe. We'll, we'll see. But, of course, you can find us over at Film Optics. That is Optics with an X on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, what's coming up on the podcast? We actually, as of this recording, this will be dropping on... November 3rd, the Wednesday, the, this coming up week. Anyway, by the time this is out, our last night in Soho review will be up. So definitely check that out. And we have our Eternals review coming up and our Cowboy Bebop review as well here on the podcast. Um, and of course, you know, we'll be continuing the story here with uh, Order of the Phoenix. We have, I believe, Leo, uh, Jay Ledbetter, and... Uh, JD coming back on. My goal is to get the entire in session film crew on one because they haven't been together in a while. So maybe for part two for Deathly Hollows because I know that I'm I'm trying to orchestrate this. Like you guys have to like all be here, like all together. So we'll figure that out. But of course, yeah, uh, we have that um, coming up on the podcast as well as um, we did like our squid game review but of course just shift through all of our stuff it's all there so um i'm going to close out actually really quick you can also find my stuff over on musiccitydriving.com i'll be covering um oh my gosh dickinson season three episodes one through three and i'll be covering the harder they fall for in session film as well so definitely check out those uh, pieces when they go live so uh let's get on out of here and again thank you guys for coming back on and for everyone out there listening remember if it's by book or by page hogwarts will always be there to welcome you home so i'm gonna close out here and i hope everyone has a wonderful or had a wonderful um halloween like speaking in the future presence but of course i hope you guys all have a great halloween weekend everyone stay safe it's crazy out there, so I'll close this out. And that's a wrap for today. Thank you all for listening. And if you enjoy the show, you can leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And follow us on Twitter to stay in the know. That was Matt, Amy, Amanda, and my name is Christian. And we'll see you guys in the next one.